here's what Easter is all about. Jesus came to restore what was lost in the garden. Can I say it again? Jesus came to restore what was lost in the garden. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. There is no greater moment in the history of the world than the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, Mercy Triumphs, with our final message, The Resurrection. You know, nobody believed Jesus when he repeatedly predicted his own resurrection from the grave. Even his own disciples were unclear what he meant and didn't believe it once it happened. But Jesus did indeed rise from the dead, and when he did, the world was changed forever. I can't wait to share this final message in our Mercy Triumphs Easter series, so grab your Bible and follow along as we explore the resurrection. I want to read... 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 57. So let's just stand together and read these passages. We're going to read three simple verses about the resurrection of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God. Read this last part out loud with me. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you were just to ask me on the street, come up to me on the street and say, Jeff, tell me in a nutshell, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come to earth? And I would answer you very simply, and I would say, He came to give you and me eternal life. And His resurrection from the dead was absolutely necessary to bring that about. Jesus had to rise from the dead to bring eternal life to you and to me. Now we're going to see today that the resurrection of Jesus from the dead was the final nail in the devil's coffin. It ruined the devil. On the cross, Jesus defeated sin. In his resurrection, he defeated death. On the cross, he defeated our disease, sin. In his resurrection, he defeated sin's consequence, death. So in a three-day period, he destroyed the two great enemies of mankind, sin and death. The resurrection in the Bible is just huge. The Old Testament anticipates his resurrection, and the New Testament points back to and celebrates his resurrection from the dead. If the Bible were a good novel... Jesus would be the main character, believe it or not. Not Moses, not Abraham. Jesus would be the main character. And his death, burial, and resurrection would be the climax of the novel. Because the Old Testament pointed to it, the New Testament looked back on it. 
The Old Testament anticipated it. The New Testament celebrated it. The Old Testament looked for it and hoped for it. And then the New Testament received it. Jesus coming to the earth, living a perfect sinless life, dying on the cross for our sins, rising from the dead for our justification. So important is the resurrection that we're celebrating today that if there's no resurrection of Jesus from the dead, there is no Christianity. It's just a belief system, another religious system, if he didn't get up from the dead. Jesus had to get up from the dead. Paul said, if he did not rise from the dead, then our preaching is empty. I've wasted my whole life. I started preaching when I was 18 years old. I've wasted my whole life if Jesus did not rise from the dead. Paul said, my preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty, and the worst part, you're still in your sins. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, you're still in your sins if he did not rise from the dead. But then Paul writes and wants to make sure we hear this, but now Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. And because of his resurrection, those who believe on him receive eternal life. He came to give us eternal life, everlasting life. The best-known Bible verse in the entire Bible is John 3.16. And John 3.16 talks about eternal life. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. And that's out of Jesus' own mouth. He was talking about himself. So there is this option here. We can perish in our sins or we can have eternal life. God so loved the world, was so in love with you, so loved you, he didn't withhold his only son. They gave him up for us all that we could experience eternal life. Now, why all this emphasis on eternal life? Why the constant talk about eternal life? Why did Jesus always talk about it? And why did the disciples preach it like a broken record? See, if you could have heard Paul, Peter, James, John, or Jude, or any of the New Testament writers, if you could have heard them preach, you would have never walked away without having heard about eternal life. They talked about the resurrection from the dead. They talked about eternal life over and over again. This was their theme song. This was what they preached. This was the message of Christianity, that if you put your faith in him, you will have eternal life and will not perish in your sin. We can perish or we can have eternal life. Now, why harp on it so much, though? Why is that the message of the New Testament? Why the core? Why is that the crux? You've got to go all the way back to the ancient Garden of Eden to get the answer for that. Because we find that there was a first couple, and their name was Adam and Eve, and they really did exist. You say, well, I'm an evolutionist. Even if you're an evolutionist, there had to be a first couple. <laughs> so allow me my first couple, and the Bible's first couple, it's Adam and Eve. Amen. And God gave Adam and Eve a promise, and he gave them a warning. And here's what God said. He said, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. The whole garden is yours, all of it. I'm giving you everything you see except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of that one you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. 
That's the first time we hear that word in the Bible, die. If you disobey me, you will die. If you partake of that tree, something's going to happen to you. You're going to undergo a change. You're going to bring upon yourself and the entire human race something that I never intended. You're going to die. And we have to assume that since God told them, if you partake of that tree, you're going to die, that originally they were created to have eternal life because you can't lose something you don't have. They were created to be eternal beings. Adam and Eve were made to be eternal. They were never going to die. That's the way God made them. It was never God's will, folks, for you to look into a coffin at the dead body of a loved one and cry your eyes out and have your heart broken. That was never God's will. That was not His original plan. That was not in His design. So God was telling them, you've got eternal life unless you partake of that tree. And if you do, then you're going to die and your life's going to be cut short. I don't want that to happen to you. And not only were they going to die physically, but they would die also spiritually. For the Bible says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So not only were they going to die physically, but spiritually they would experience death and not life. Now it's interesting to me that this issue of dying is what the devil chose to undermine when he first approached Eve to seduce her into sin. He targeted God's promise that they would not die if they remained obedient and that they would die if they did not. He targeted that word from God. That was the one issue he homed in on and wanted to undermine. His chief point of attack was to tell her she would not die if she ate of the forbidden tree. It says in chapter 3, verse 4 of Genesis, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. God's lying to you. God's holding back from you, Eve. He's cheating you. He's robbing you. If you disobey Him, you won't die. Come on, you won't die. Now we could paraphrase that to say, Eve, you won't lose your eternal life. If you disobey God, you're not going to lose your eternal life. That's what he was saying to her. You know the rest of the story. The first couple did disobey God. It says she reached out. She saw that it was good for food. She was pulled towards that tree, drawn towards that tree. She believed the enemy's lie, and she partook of the fruit, and she died. And the Bible says a couple of chapters later, God makes real sure we notice that death was the consequence. Death was the price they paid for disobeying God. Seven times in chapter 5 of Genesis, God punctuates the end of somebody's life with three somber words, and he died. It says Adam lived 930 years, and he died. Holy Spirit put this in here. Holy Spirit inspired the Bible. Holy Spirit wants us to know that Satan lied and mankind died. Look at this. Adam lived 930 years, and he died. Seth lived 912 years, and he died. Enosh lived 905 years, and he died. Canaan lived 840 years, and he died. And if you track the Bible, you'll see that man's lifespan grew shorter and shorter until in the Psalms we hear David talking about getting your three score and ten or 70 years. The human race immediately went into decline spiritually, physically, Sin worked its curse and death took over. Paul the Apostle in the New Testament 
weighs in on this with the same conclusion. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, in Adam all have died. You, me, all of us. Romans 5.12, through one man sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men. I'm going to read it again. Death spread to all men because all have sinned and the stinger of sin is death. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. We've all turned aside. We've all gone our own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. All of us. Death is the number one consequence for sin. Sin has brought death to the entire human race, physical and spiritual. If you don't know Jesus today, you're spiritually dead. You're dead. And one day your body will die because of sin. Paul illustrates this in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 by telling us that sin is like a bumblebee that has a stinger. And sin's stinger is death. Listen to what he writes. The sting of death is sin. So that when we sin, it's got a stinger attached to it. And the stinger brings death. Spiritually, physically. Overnight, death became the number one gun in the devil's arsenal against mankind. Not only did man begin to die and spiritually was born dead, we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But through death, Satan brought the entire human race into great fear and great bondage. It says in Hebrews 2.15, describes the human race as those who, through fear of death, have been living all their lives as slaves to constant dread. Nobody wants to die. We're afraid of dying. Death is what everybody tries to avoid. Scientists looking today for the fountain of life, the elixir that will help us to never die, but they're never going to find it because there's only one way to eternal life, and it's through faith in Christ Jesus. Death is that distant specter drawing ever closer the older we get. It's the grim reaper that inevitably knocks on everyone's door and nobody avoids it. Death has a 100% success rate. Give me 10 people, I'll show you 10 people who are going to die. Jesus said, This is the will of Him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up from the dead on the last day. Reflecting on His Father's death, Actor Bradley Cooper told a magazine editor, quote, all of a sudden I was like, oh, right, I'm going to die too. Here it is. It's not in a book. It's not in a movie. It's somebody you love dying in front of you. I was like, okay, this is death, and this is going to happen to me one day. Right, Bradley? You're right. Now, here's what Easter is all about. Jesus came to restore what was lost in the garden. Can I say it again? Jesus came to restore what was lost in the garden. And what was lost in the garden? Our relationship with God was lost, and when that was lost, we died. And so we lost our relationship and we lost our eternal life. And Jesus came to restore eternal life and relationship with God That's why he came. And that's why he talked so much about this issue of death and its opposite, eternal life. I'm going to read it again. Jesus said, this is the will of him that sent me, 
that everyone which sees the Son and believes on Him may have everlasting life. Now listen to this. I will raise Him up from the dead at the last day. Now I've got to say something here. All these people that go around saying, you can go to a college campus and say, tell me what you think about Jesus. Oh, he was a good teacher. He was a good speaker. He was an inspirational personality. You know, he went tiptoeing through the religious tulips and left a good imprint on the human race. And he's one of many, several great religious historical leaders. But can I tell you that Jesus' words don't let you come to that conclusion. You can't read what he said and say, well, he was just a good teacher. Because, listen, he was either a psychopathic lunatic who was extremely deluded. I mean, come on. He who believes on me will have everlasting life, and I'm going to raise him up out of the grave at the last day? That's not just a good teacher. That's not just a good spiritual leader. That's just not a historical inspirational leader or personality. That's either a lunatic, heavily deluded, or it is God wrapped in skin. He is God wrapped in skin. He is God wrapped in flesh speaking to us. When speaking to the two sisters, Mary and Martha, Jesus promised, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even if he dies. What? If I just believe in you, even though I die, I'm coming out of the grave one day to you? Not just a good speaker, not just an inspirational leader, but very God come to earth on a rescue mission to rescue us from sin and its consequences and deliver us from death. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So what Jesus came to do was undo what sin had absolutely done. And that meant defeating death and restoring eternal life to humanity. That's why Jesus came. He came to take the stinger out of the bumblebee of death. This is why everything was riding on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen carefully. Everything was riding on whether or not he got up out of that tomb. If Jesus didn't rise, here's what it came down to. All of his words, all of his promises, all of his credibility were gone. You know why? Because Jesus over and over told the crowds that were listening to him and his disciples when they were alone, I'm going to rise from the dead. Listen to what Jesus said and tell me he was just a normal inspirational personality like many others. It says, from then on, Jesus began to speak plainly to his disciples about going to Jerusalem and what would happen to him there, that he would suffer at the hands of the Jewish leaders, that he would be killed, and that three days later he would be raised to life again. Jesus said that. One chapter later in Matthew 17, it says, One day while they were still in Galilee, Jesus told them, I'm going to be betrayed into the power of those who will kill me. And on the third day afterwards, I will be brought back to life again. Plain as day. His enemies heard him say this. His followers heard him say this. The whole world knew that he had said this. 
Three chapters later, here he goes again. And they will hand me over to the Roman government. And I will be mocked and crucified. And the third day, I will rise to life again. I'm going to be dead and I'm coming out of the grave. Plain as day, that's what Jesus said. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? This isn't Buddha. This isn't Muhammad. This is not some other religious leader talking. This is Jesus. He said, they're going to kill me and I'm going to get up again. I'm going to come back from the dead. Lunatic or Lord? Think about it. Some of you watching right now by streaming video, think about it there in your living room. You can't push Jesus aside and just say, oh, well, I really appreciate everything he left for us. You know, that great teaching, that sermon on the mount, love one another and all that, all that warm and fuzzy stuff. No. This is a man who said, I'm going to get up again. I'm going to rise from the dead. You're not going to be able to keep me down. As they say, you can't keep a good man down. You can't keep the Christ down. Now, these predictions were so well known that the Romans took incredible care to guard the tomb. Let somebody come by night and steal his body away and say, well, he rose from the dead. And then they would have to suffer at the hands of what they would have considered a myth. So Pontius Pilate, who also ordered his crucifixion, told the authorities under him, make the tomb secure, sealing the stone, and post a guard. We're not going to have any shenanigans going on around the grave of Jesus. So they sealed the stone with the Roman insignia, and they placed a guard of soldiers. We would better understand guard as squad. A squad or a guard of soldiers was 30 to 50 men. Can you imagine this? 30 to 50 men around a tomb. Thank God Jesus rose from the dead. And what a different world we'd be living in without that history-changing event. In just a moment, our announcer is going to be coming on to share some wonderful opportunities for all of our Life Talk listeners. But before he does, I want to take a moment to thank you for all your prayers and support. The Life Talk radio outreach is all about one thing, reaching the multitudes with the life-changing Word of God. And we just can't do it without your support. Many of you listen in... Many of you listen in each and every day and are blessed by the Word of God. And you know, we'd love to hear from you, either by social media or a card or a letter. Your testimonies of how Life Talk has helped you in your walk really do make our day. So drop us a note and let us know your story. Now, here's our announcer with more. you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The Resurrection, the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Mercy Triumphs. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Mercy Triumphs, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.